You're listening to the Brown Trout and Bridge Beers Podcast. But you're you're smooching me by wearing my hats. Oh yeah, hey, we, of course. Whatever we can. <laughs> okay. Well, Grant, I don't know if Matt passed it on to you, but um, that was too much. I appreciate it very much. Oh, not at all. Uh, thank you for everything that you know. It's, you've... it's sitting right there. I like like how we collaborated with Redbreast and got a logo put on there for it. I did. Yeah. I did like yeah. that. Yeah. And they they give you a full back label. They did. They did. They gave yeah. me all the real estate I wanted. <laughs> that was awesome. So I got to add your. I got to add more of your stickers to my sticker window. I don't know if you can see that. Up. I got this window came from inside of oh, my yeah. house or, or an office that. Uh, that way, I can just take my stickers with me. That's smart. Yeah. I feel like I just leave them everywhere. Now, are you still in the basement? Yeah, that's where I can. Look what I got, though. There you go. Are you drinking with me? Yeah, I, I don't have brown trout and bridge beers. Do you, do I, uh, whiskey, but do you have a big yeah. ass ice ball? I don't. I have no ice. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Now, if Grant drinks, is he going to remember to turn the audio on? I don't know. So we did a quick test of that this time around, and we should be we should be good. Well, I think I think that it worked for fifteen minutes before. Isn't that what I heard? Yeah, it was. And I have no idea. I would, and if I could have called somebody at Zoom and wrung their neck, I would have. But yeah, well, I'll keep an eye on it. Oh, there you go. You got a fire hole red breast. Yeah. There you go. That probably tastes better than the bottle I got. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hot dog water. Hot dog water. Well, that's too bright. That's not going to work. Well, Joe, how are you? You know, what's I'm, uh? We're exhausted all the time. Yeah. Did Did you have uh? Do you guys get to celebrate the fourth at all, or light some fireworks, smoke some ribs, maybe? We uh, we definitely smoke some meats and we watch the other people around us do light fireworks. I did not spend money on fireworks this year. Smart man. And you had a birthday too. Yeah, last week. I did. 39? No, I, I claimed my years. 56. <laughs> I earned every one of them. I don't them. <laughs> Good for you. Good. Good on you. Yeah, big 56. Well, I think it seems like we did this once before. We did. We'll try it again. I don't mind. So do you guys got a list of questions or are we just going to shoot from the hip again? Well, I think think I'd like to cover uh, the firehole weight management system um, again. 
because we had a good warm up version one and version two is actually going out to the public. <laughs> I figure it's it's worth worth talking about. Um, hopefully people have seen it, you know, out and about live in the world. But, you know, Joe, you can give us the the quick and dirty on it and tell us what you developed and what's out oh, there for everybody. For, first, we should talk. Yeah. Talk about the new weights and the collars, and then we'll get into the whole management, you know, your charts and graphs and color coding and this thing. All that. I thought our, our, our last one went really well and I liked it and I was feeling good about it. And then Grant texted me and said it didn't work. Well, I'm sad about that. I know. We got to try to recreate that. Very. I tell you, I have. Uh, when did we do this last one? Was it mid June? It was. It was uh, first or second week of June. Oh my yeah. gosh! It, it it truly feels like it's been six months. Um, and and unfortunately, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this on a podcast, but we have been so busy. I have done zero in marketing that management system since it came out. It is. It has been crazy. Um, but it's selling really well. That seems like a great opportunity to market for it then. It is. And, you know, it's, and and I say that, but you know, it has, um, probably sold a little bit slower than what I would like after launch. But, but truth is, is that we've had this COVID bump, um, uh, for the business that has just truly been incredible and, um, is going to help us do some other cool things as we move forward, including kind of catch back up here in the fall when hopefully things settle down and be able to do um, some better presentations on that whole hook-based waste management system. But, um, you know, this is something that I, I actually have been working on and the ideas have been floating in my head for, gosh, six or seven years now. Um, you know, I came out with the bug collar product that many people remember from uh, late 2014, I think it was, early 2015, which was always going to be part of this system. But um, my, my ex- excitedness about getting something out to the world got the better of me. And um, that just was a, a mismanaged product because it came out by itself and it wasn't part of a whole group um, mm-hmm. product like it was supposed to be. And, and that was real disappointing at the time. However, hindsight is as it always is, uh, 2020, and it, and it really worked out the best. I think it helped introduce me personally into the fly tying um, product development world. That I may have uh, not done that particular product right when it first came out, but I made a pretty cool product, and, and I um, was able to introduce myself to the world at that point. So circle around now six or seven years later, and we now have um, this whole system that we developed. One is is the collar um, that we called collar before. We we now are, have integrated into our Firehole Stones line of products, and we call it a bug band. Um, um, part of that is to give it a little bit of distinction um, because we've made some very very subtle changes to to the shape. Um, some that you really can't tell from the naked eye. Um, but it's just to make pairing a fit with the bead line that we developed um, fit together a little bit better. And second is because that came out as a different company and I just wanted a little bit of separation. So we're just going to, we call it bug band now. Um, serves the same purpose as the bug collar did. 
Um, the other part of this whole system is a very unique through-hole on-hook tungsten body. And that particular product, um, I wanted something very different because um, I had this vision of how do we the vision was how do we create weight for the fly tire and the fly fisher without having to sit on the bank and add split shot, take off split shot, move it up and down your line, trying to figure out what to do. If you're doing that, you're either a novice fisherman like myself, who's just trying to figure out where the bottom is, or you are making adjustments because you know the water and the, and the flow rates of the water that you're fishing and you know uh, what it takes to get to the point in the water column that you need to and the time frame that you need to. So my my goal uh, on all the products I've actually developed was how do I fix a problem for myself? And then how do I take that fix of the problem and make it something that is appealing to other uh, Joes like myself out in the, this, the fly tying and fly fishing world? Um, so... Um, there's always been a hook uh, weight, tungsten weight system. Uh, some people call them Javi beads. Some people call them um, scud backs or what have you. Um, they all come from several manufacturers in China, and they call them Javi because that's what they were named over there. And uh, you've probably seen those. They're, they're a, a scud, um, how do you describe that? It's kind of a scud back that looks like it's got uh, bumps on it, much like a scud segmentation, that glues to the top of the hook. Uh, and then you tie from there. And I thought, well, I, I really want something different because I don't want this to be a scud-type fly product only. It needs right. to be applicable to every nymph, every subsurface nymph that we have. So how do I get the teardrop shape, if you will, of a uh, mayfly nymph or a, a, any nymph? It doesn't have to be mayfly. I mean, stonefly, you name it. If it's a nymph, they've mm -hmm. got that same profile. And we here in, 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 as a fly tires, you're always trying to create a, a slight taper to your bodies or a big taper to your bodies. And it's because we're trying to imitate that same shape of the mayfly. Um, so I posed that question to my bead guy. My bead guy is um, the same guy who, who machines the bug bands for us and um, who did the beads uh, for us. And, and I want to talk a little bit specifically about the beads here a little bit later, if you don't mind, as yeah. we look at this whole product. Is in, And I got a hold of him and I told him, this is what I'm trying to do. And do you, you have any ideas how we can make this work? Cause I need to, I want it to work with tungsten because I knew it couldn't be machined like brass. It needed to be heavy and it needed to be moldable. And so he had a product that uh, some of his, his uh, uh, tungsten factory products were really for deep sea fishing and for large hooks and for molding tungsten on hooks. And he had a product that, that functioned reasonably similar um, uh, for for his other markets, it wasn't to imitate a body, but it it was to, it was going to operate on the hook and on the line in a similar fashion. Um, and so he gave me some ideas to play with, and we came up with a through hole 
um, body that goes onto a hook very, very much like a, a slotted bead does um, because it's a long weight on uh-huh. its body and you want it to be able to snake around the bend so it's got a big slot in it. And um, the original products, the first couple molds that we did of this body was just a couple, two or three sizes and they were they were actually a little bit longer than what we came out with now. The problem with those were they tapered to too much of a point and they were brittle at the end and they were easy to break there. Plus they, they, they really weren't, wouldn't work well if you wanted to use it on a smaller hook with a shorter shank, but keep uh, a little bit heavier weight, they were just too long for that. And the third reason those didn't work is because it's a lot of tungsten and tungsten is expensive. And I had to keep in mind, how do I make this were, were the same that I did with the, 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 the hooks and what I was planning for the beads. The beads hadn't been released yet at this point, uh, where we could be price disruptive in the industry um, uh, but still have a quality product, you know, offer the average Joe tire a lot more for his money. Um, and so too much tungsten means too much cost and it either means a lot less pieces or a lot higher um, um, price point. So I chose to shrink the length of the bead, have the taper a little bit more dramatic and have it shorter so that we could use a little bit less tungsten to get our price point down. Um, so what we've come up with and what we've released to the public from a um, the body standpoint, we call them a teardrop body because they're they're identical to a teardrop. Um, in fact, this one, are those new? Are those Newfoundland toenails on the floor? No, that you guys can hear all that. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. That neither of the noose are down here with me. That's um, Brad's dog Ned. He is a um, Australian cattle dog, safe from one of the reses here. And he's laying down here next to me here. The noose are probably out playing in the sprinkler. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. That's okay. That's okay. Um, so so this whole development of this teardrop, you know, we just announced it in, gosh, I don't remember what month it was. Was that May? I guess it was May, yeah. April. I don't remember, honestly, the, the last six months are a buzz. But Matt, you were on my my test for some of those. You had to have received samples almost two years ago. Yeah. And so, you know, I've always taken my time, maybe a little bit too much. Anyways, um, so we've, this product has six different sizes because I wanted to be able to accommodate um, as many hook sizes as people needed because not everybody uh, across the country and across the world fishes the same size nymphs and same size water, but I wanted this to play everywhere. So the sizes, uh, they're kind of oddball if you think about it with respect to beads. Um, they're two, two point, and this is shoulder width. So you got this teardrop. And here I am on a podcast. I'm trying to draw in the air. <laughs> well, uh, we can put like links to the, the pictures and stuff. Okay, good. Because that, what you, that, that catalog thing that you held up has it. Yep. Um, you can download that. Everybody can download that from the website. And we can we can put links uh, for that weight management section of your site. We'll put those in the show notes so people can hop to them real quick. Awesome, thank you. So so there's some pictures right there. Yeah. 
So all the measurements are what I call the shoulder width of those things. So there's not the length, but it's the, the round where you would measure at the widest part of the top shoulder. And then we've got two, 2.4, 2.7, um, yes, 3.1 or 3.2, I don't even remember anymore. 3.6 and 4.1 all measured in millimeters. And they're oddball sizes. And the reason for that is, is the beads, I'm going to skip over to the beads for a minute before we incorporate everything together, is is if you'll notice that the Firehole Stones, the bead product line, all of the beads are, are very symmetrical in half millimeter increments. They're one and a half, we do have some one and a half um, in. Excuse me, I'm getting a spam call right now. <laughs> oh, those so, are fun. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and turn my... Ask them if they want to be on the podcast. Yeah, yeah maybe they uh, can answer some questions for us. Yeah, there you got it. Um, you know, we do have a one and a half millimeter bead slotted only in um, just the the plated colors and the raw tungsten we call birthday suit. Can you believe I wanted to call that birthday suit buck naked and Deb's nicks that? <laughs> oh, come on. That, that is one of my favorite colors, but... Yeah, I mean, it's just polished tungsten is all that is. Yeah. So, but then we have two through four and a half, all at half meter steps. And of course, those are measured in uh, as, as the raw tungsten. And, and um, I told Jack, he's my, my China guy. I told him that I needed the beads to be uniform as much as we can from weight across the slotted and the round. The twos, the two and a halfs, the threes, etc. Normally, a, a slotted bead um, tends to be a little bit heavier because there's the pockets. You would think it's the opposite, but the pockets for the slot and all um, don't incorporate as much space in the bead as the, the countersink does. Um, but I and so Jack actually came up with a brand new mold for the slotted beads. Um, and, and for the, the uh, round beads so that we are within hundreds of a gram um, size for size in equivalent weight, enough to almost call them equivalent. And it was important to do that as part of the whole weight management system. Um, so we did that. I, did, I wanted half, half millimeter steps. Um, most of the, a lot of the other beads that you see, actually most of them, if not all, in a bead line, you get these 2.3s, these 2.7s, 2.8, um, you know, 3.1 millimeter in, in just oddball sizes. And I, I really think those were done to match up very specifically with like an eighth of an inch is 3.125. So people were making 3.2 beads and all. Um, and, but I wanted ours to be a little bit more uniform. I wanted you to be able to pick and and have a comparison between the, the round and the slotted. And so we we in the whole weight management system, it consists of three parts. It consists of the beads that we're talking about now, the bug band that uh, we mentioned earlier, and now this tungsten teardrop body, so that you you could put them all three together on a bare hook. And there's pictures of it that, that folks can see on the website as, as you pointed to them like you, you said you could, um, of how these fit together. And you could eliminate any part of that, and the system still still fits together and works. So the oddball sizes on both the bug band and then the the teardrop were done very purposely, so that it would continue a little bit of the taper 
from the weight standpoint. So if you were going to use all the biggest sizes of everything that I, I carry, you'd have a four and a half mil bead, a 4.3 millimeter bug band, and then a 4.1 millimeter uh, shoulder. That all, right. that that all, would all taper down. They all taper down. And we made sure that the, the tapers with inside the bead, specifically the, the countersunk round bead, and then the nipple portion of the bug band and then the reverse concave um, machined out portion were all symmetrical in the way that they were made so that you could drop if you wanted to. You could do take that four and a half and then instead drop down to a 3.7 band and go down to the 3.2, let's say, teardrop, and they would all fit together and they would still be the, the taper and they would still be center lined on the hook. Perfect. Uh, and that was important, which is why we have what looks to be oddball sizes. You can't really put a, a English measurement to them, but they're, they're, it was very purposely done and engineered so that, that you could create virtually any stair-stepping of them that you wanted to um, if you had the entire product line together on all the different sizes. Now, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to put the two millimeter teardrop or find a four and a half mil bead. It's going to get swallowed up behind that thing, and very likely it won't fit on the same wire diameter hook. However, you can make things happen if you really, really wanted to, and, and, and I'm sure that there's people out there that will. So putting all these three, three things together, I have what I've called, oh, new baby. Hi, Mama. Congratulations. This is Margaret. She Margaret. wanted to say hi. Say hi. Hey, podcast folks. We're getting to look at a brand new baby. Congratulations, hey. Grant. Thank awesome. you very much. You going to sleep? Okay. She's going to sleep. My, my last one was that was that size, um, I don't know, 30 For years. about six hours. Six hours? 30 years ago. Hi. And, and, and Matt, your last one that was that size, last time we did this, came running in his underwear. <laughs> he did. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He's at a water park with some friends this week, so he, he won't be making any appearances. I got, Matt, just remind me, I got to refill my glass. There we go. Dude, you got to try this. We're, we're on a whiskey break. Ooh, that's good stuff. You've had Angel's Envy before? Yes. Dude. Big fan. Matt, have you ever had it? No, I have not. I'm not as as uh, American whiskey educated as you folks are. Well, Lauren, my daughter, turned me on to this. She gave me this bottle at birthday time. Actually, she didn't give it to me. I paid her for it. Doesn't matter. Um, it's finished in port wine barrels, which gives it a really cool flavor finish to it. Well, I'll have to get some. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a smooth one. That's a tasty tasty treat. Yeah, but I, now I want some, but I don't want to mix it in my glass here. <laughs> yeah, the the bulk of my whiskey knowledge uh, wears kilts. So, well, you know, if you were to go around the room here, there's a Macallan Twelve. Yeah, that's good. There's good. Uh, there's some Jose Cuervo Gold. Yeah, sorry. That's that's party party booze there. McCallum fifteen. That's really good. There is um, brown trout and beige beers that happens to be made in Ireland, by the way. It's an Irish. Yeah. 
Then there's Basil Hayden's and Oban Scotch. So we've got a wide selection of beer if you ever need a drink when you're in town. <laughs> no. Yep. All right. Back to the podcast. So taking all three of these parts that we've talked about, the bead product, the, the bug band product, and the, the tungsten teardrop, collectively, I call that the hook-based weight management system. And um, again, the purpose of that is so that um, a tire can calculate exactly how much weight's on hook. Now, that's pretty geeky. And a lot this, of people, this is like a next level nerd stuff. It is. Now the 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 competition guys actually they probably can't use this because they're only allowed one bead on there. But the Euro Nymph guys were you know I think this is a market where where the serious Euro Nymphers will really get into it. But the the while it is kind of geeky, there's a lot you know you naturally know in your home waters. If I'm fishing during runoff or if I'm fishing during the dry season or if I'm fishing during the winter, the water flows differently, and you already know that you've got to weight your flies differently. So you're really already doing this, whether it's the fly, whether you're putting – whether you know that you've got to put four wraps of of lead or I've got to put 14 on that woolly bugger because you need it to perform in different ways. Um, so you're already kind of there without really acknowledging that you're doing some geeky stuff. Um, so there's some education that we have to do for the public to understand what's the impetus behind this. It's not only for the crazy guys, but, but when you put these three pieces together, the bud band now as originally designed, it can be a hot spot, and many people will use it as a hot spot. In fact, when I did the bug collars many years ago, I came out with fluorescent colors. The bug bands right now are only in metallic colors. There's 11, 9, 13, I don't remember, uh, metallic colors. And, and the reason for that is they, while they can still be used as a hot spot, the true purpose as designed was to be an identifier in your fly box. Okay, that's a Newfoundland. <laughs> that's a, they both have joined us since they, they knew it. So I got one sleeping under my feet and this big baby. You can't. That's the baby. <laughs> did they did they smell the whiskey? Um I think they figured out that dad wasn't outside with the sprinklers anymore. <laughs> When I'm down here, this is a a, um, a faux wood floor, so they and, and they like to lay on it because it's really cool. So down here, so they'll 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 hang out with us. So I got to keep my hand on this one for a minute, or he's not gonna he's gonna keep barking. So um, where was I? The bug man. So the 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 true purpose of that, in the geeky sense, is to be an identifier in your fly box of of the weights of a particular fly. Now, if if I was going to ask Matt to hold up, but he's not, he's, uh, you can't do that on the podcast. If, if, if the folks who are listening would, would take a minute, maybe pause the podcast right now and go to some of the links, you'll be able to actually download a PDF. And this PDF has the entire hook catalog. It has the, all the bead catalogs showing all the colors in life size of uh, the beads. There's a there's a actual printout that that shows the actual physical sizes of the beads if you laid them on there. 
Same yep. with the hooks. And that hook, all the hooks that are given on there are the actual size 10 of the hook. But yeah, so you download all these pages and you do like Joe did for me and you laminate them all and you put one of these rings and mine goes right across from my vice in between some shelves and I constantly am grabbing this thing and looking up hook numbers and figuring out what color beads I don't have 300 of already and need to order <laughs> some more of. Um, but well, that, no, that that is probably one of my most used tools on my yeah, desk. I'm, I'm glad for that. And, and I hope people will use that whether on their computer or printing up for their bench. And the one that I sent you, Matt, that was specifically, it was designed so that the shops can hang that on a peg out with the product line so people can look at it and, and figure out what they want to purchase. And that's a great idea. I've been, I've been cursed a little bit by a couple of shops because they've had to increase their, their, uh, uh, the number of SKUs that they're carrying because anyways, um, it's, uh, you know, it's all part of marketing. So shops are increasing their SKUs because their customers are asking. Yeah. So, Anyways, with also on this, this thing that you can download folks is that, there are some charts in the back of this that help you calculate to the, I think, one hundredths of a gram, um, the combinations of putting what bead, any particular bead with the tungsten body and whether or not you add or do not add a bug bank to it. So, so... A person, you know, you 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 could, if you wanted to, very specifically say that red bug bands were always two and a half grams uh, mm -hmm. as as an indicator for the hook. I tend to look at it and say that you know there's a range. It goes from two to two and a half are always this one color because there's going to be some slight variation depending on what hook you use, what dip you're tying. But the idea here is that. You, sh you can go to your box and you know that I need a particular weight to get down to the water column where I want this thing, but this black pheasant tail is not working. I want to go over to this caddis nymph that I have over here, and it's got the same color bug band on it, so mm -hmm. I know that that's the same weight category. And it might be three different hook sizes away, but it's yep. the same weight that I have. So now you you can decorate your box like that and always know across your different types of flies that you're carrying with you what where your weight is on this thing. And if you go on the website, fireholeoutdoors.com, there's also a live calculator that you can do the same thing with. And if you happen to be using a firehole stick, it will also you can choose that stick and it will add the weight of that particular hook to your overall of course, I can't do that with uh, competitors' hooks, um, but you know, realistically, folks are going to use whatever hook that they have or that they want to use, um, which is okay by me. But they can still calculate the additive weight in any case. Um, right. So uh, I, I I think it's pretty cool. Of course, I would think it's pretty cool, but um, I, I did. Uh, I think I put together a pretty cool system. Uh, it's about right now. It's about educating the public. You know, it was scheduled to launch in spring of this year, but we scheduled that last September. And um, you know, who knew that COVID was going to uh, crater things such that that uh, it felt like a weird time to launch it? But I needed to do so. I needed to get this thing out there. Uh, and the the 
it has sold well. I mean, it, it's probably a little bit down from what was forecast, but then we've been so busy, truthfully, that there's just not been time to, to spend on the marketing and the education that we need to. And as we move into the fall, I'm, I'm really hoping that we can get back onto that a little bit more um, through whether it's videos or, or more podcasts like this with some of your friends and people that you listen to out in the industry um, to do some more education on this product. So yeah, and I, the scenario, you know, there, and you know, I'd love to answer some questions about it if you had to. And yeah, right. Like you were saying, always fall going into winter is the, you know, that's the prime tying time, you know, now theoretically people are fishing, but you know, with state shutting down and stuff, um, that's kind of hit or miss. How's Montana as far as welcoming outside visitors? You know, we don't have, um, uh, you don't have to shelter in place or would they quarantine yourself or anything like that anymore. They did put out the mask mandate. Yeah. We've had that for a week now. Yeah. And so, you know, much like everybody now, I think the majority of States are doing that now. Um, I'll leave my politics out of it, but we have a mask mandate. <laughs> and um, we are non-maskers at Firehall Central. We let people do whatever they want to be. Um, and we've, we've had a couple, couple visitors that have, uh, come in and one chose to wear a mask and, you know, that's okay. I, I, I respect uh, people's wishes, but as a whole, um, you know, we've got some restrictions on the number of people in restaurants and all, um, I'm not sure they're being adhered to as well as, as the governor might think or might want them to, but, uh, tourism is really picking up. You can see, um, you know, Hundreds of people walking up and down Main Street, all Good. of them, their gag on their face, uh, but they're, they're still getting it done. So we're doing pretty well out here. Uh, you, guys, you guys have um, been a centerpiece since we talked last. Yep. Unfortunately, obviously, but um, have things yeah. come down for you? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's quite as bad here as it is in some other cities. Um. That's just what we're being told. Yeah. But I mean, I think the big thing right now, you know, Matt and I were talking earlier is the, you know, the governor was supposed to announce what's happened to the public schools. Um, so that's the big hoopda right now is over the next two weeks of everybody figuring out, are you yeah. going back to school or are you going to be learning from a computer? Or are you going to be doing both? And yeah, anybody with kids or like grand situation where your spouse is a teacher. Um, they've kind of waited till the last minute before they decided what they're going to do. You know, here, they, here, they still don't know. It, it sounds here like here they've left it up to the individual school districts. I know there's some of the more rural school districts that are, they're, they're just going to back schools. There's no, mm -hmm. no changes being made here in Bozeman. Um, I think they're talking about doing in school. Um, but, some condensed schedules so you have only half the kids on all the campuses at any given time. Yeah, that's that kind of that hybrid model that they've been talking about here as well. Um, yeah. But I know, you know, like the actual Minneapolis school district was talking like their first quarter, uh, they would be going remotely. Um, so, and Ashley works in the biggest school district in Minnesota and they haven't said what they're going to do yet. You know, it's just a matter of... 
I don't know. Give them a week and they'll have to talk to the school board and their board of directors and see what they're exact, exactly going to do. But yep. Yep. they'll scramble and they'll scramble and figure it out just like they did last spring. But, you know, just might be a little different for kids for a little bit. And yeah. that's okay. You, uh, you've been fishing, Joe, at all? No. Do we lose Joe? No, you didn't lose Joe. I no. Funny my lip. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I was I was changing the subject. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm still biting my lip. You know, Matt. You know, to tr- truth be told, I haven't. Um, and I was going to go. You know, last week was my birthday, and I always take the day off and go fishing. And isn't the Gallatin like a couple hundred yards from your shop? It's, yeah, it's less than a quarter mile behind it. <laughs> yeah, a couple hundred yards. Yeah. But, <laughs> a good um, double haul, and you could. Reach it from Seems the Seems like a lot. good good way to spend your lunch break. Just go for a little walk, you know. Yeah, if I knew what one of those was, you know, I'm at the shop by six thirty, and I I spend eleven or twelve hours there, and then uh, or probably ten or eleven hours, and then I come home and I hang out with my bride and go to back to sleep at eight thirty or nine. In fact, it's almost my bedtime. But uh, well, so, well, I have to wrap this up here. <laughs> so it's you know it's one of those uh, the the fishing for me has definitely decreased since we started this business or certainly since I um um started working at it full time and I think there's there's some trade off there we're we're growing so fast and we're I'm spending a lot of time and energy there that you know um while I'm giving things up on that right now uh I really think that it's going to turn around and pay off. And, you know, look, look at, look at Cheech and Chris mm-hmm. after, after 10 years of doing that. Now they get to, to hire people and you get to go play. And I think that we'll end up in the same kind of situation uh, for us. Yeah. Here. And, and I'm, I'm sadly okay with that just because we're, we're doing a good thing and we're reaching a lot of people and we're growing fast. We're employing people, which is really cool. And uh, it'll get there. So, well, when you, when you get to that point, you know, maybe in a couple of years, we'll be in a place where I can offer you a couple uh, big, strong boys that know how to count hooks real well. You're going to come back out here to Montana? But, yeah, well, we'll be out there for sure. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> the, the conversation happens more right, more than you would think. <laughs> well, well. Uh, I'll have some things to share once we, we turn the audio off. Right. Um, but um, gosh, uh, can I talk about things that are coming up? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, what everybody, everybody's listened this far, you know, through all your rambling about beads and collars and weights and numbers. This is what they want to know is what's coming up. Well, they're, they're, um, I've got at least two of the current hook models that we're going to do a heavy version of. Um, the 320, which was a scud hook that uh, I sort of didn't, I, not sort of, I did do in a lighter wire, probably never should have. So we're going to do an X version of that. So um, it, it is, it is uh, not one of my top sellers. In fact, to be perfectly honest, I hate fishing that hook myself. <laughs> I, 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 truth is, I bend it out. And um, but there's also some parts of this country that there are a couple dealers that that's the number one hook they buy. 
And right. it's just the way people use them and the way they fish them in different areas. But um, we're going to do a heavy version of that. And same with that 551, that new jig hook. There is, um, there's a couple sizes in the middle of that that we're going to do a heavy version of. Um, that what, what I've seen is that people are oversizing the bead on that hook more than I had anticipated, meaning larger than I had anticipated. Because it was designed specifically a little longer shank and a wider gape so that you could oversize the bead for these Euro-style hooks. And, and people are going a half step um, and sometimes a, a full step. You know, I mean, it's a half-size bead to a full-size bead. Um larger than I had anticipated. I figured people would go from a three to three and a half or three and a half to four, depending on your size. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are, are wanting to take a size 14 and put a four and a half mil bead on that, where if you put it on there, the entire eye is covered. But they want to, they'll wrap a thread wrap so they can get that big bead on there. And that just changes the entire leverage points designed into that hook. When you when you heavyweight that and just the way that a jig hook sets and in ways that I didn't anticipate. Now I'm glad that people are experimenting, but I think I want I want to. There's, a, there's at least one a few sizes in there that we're going to offer a heavy version. There you go. That <laughs> for all those who wondered what just happened, Matt was showing his bottle of whiskey. Um, I put a pretty good dent into it tonight. We're down to there. I just opened mine tonight too. Let's compare. Oh, you got yours more than me. I better pour some more. Anyway, yeah, I'm almost. I'm almost to the original sticker. I, I think I've label. got some catching up to do. I don't know if her bottles are proportionately in size, but I'm. I've gotten through the neck at least. What is that? This is a uh, Milagro um, Select Barrel Reserve. It's their Reposado Tequila. Oh. The brown liquor is not something that I have in my house very often, so I stick to the clear stuff. Well, that kind of looks like piss a little bit. It, yeah, absolutely. A lot like camel piss, but it tastes... Um, Slightly I'd better. Imagine what like clouds and unicorn dust would taste like. That's awesome. So, so anyways, we're, 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 we're going to do a um, heavy version of a few of those so that we can make sure that there's, you know, there's just a lot of people that want to use the hooks different than all of them than I had ever thought. So I want to be able to accommodate those people. So that'll be probably a spring offering. When you, you know, when, when we do a brand new hook, Hey, California's calling again. It's another spam call. You want to talk if, it, to if it's from California, you know, it's good. Are they offering you a new, more car insurance, extended warranty for your car? Maybe. I bet they have a packet of seeds for you. <laughs> yeah, this is Joe. Who's this? Hey, Joe, this is George. I'm with Any Day Capital. How are you doing? Oh, great. Any Day Capital. Hey, guys, is somebody who's wanting to give us some money. Hey, sweet. I'll take some. Cool. What can I do for you? Yes, sir. I was just calling to see if you guys are in the market for working capital. I am. We we need about 100 bucks. <laughs> No, uh, well, one eighty would be a couple bottles of red. Yeah, breast. we 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 need uh, no one hundred fifty. Yeah, we each need a bottle of whiskey tomorrow. Can you send that over? As long as you guys make more than ten thousand a month, I can get that for you. 
Oh, that's too much. <laughs> that, that, well, we're on fly tires, so yeah. much, we're all fly tires, and you're in the middle of a Zoom meeting. We're just making fun of you. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's the small pleasures in life. That's yeah, that's, that's what we need. Yeah, I, I told this one guy the other day that my name was. Uh, he wanted to talk to the business owner. He didn't know who it was. So I told him my name was Ashton Hull, W-H-O-L-E. He says, can I call you Ashton? I said, no, I go by Ash. He said, oh, Ash Hull. I said, yeah. That's- <laughs> yeah. That awesome. So, I, I remember one time I had one of those guys call me up, quick story, and I let him like ramble on for like 20, 25 minutes. And when when he was like exhausted, any line that he had written down on the papers that he was reading off of, I said to him, I go, look, man, I apologize. I'm not interested. Um, I was pretty much just keeping you on the line so you wouldn't piss off, you know, or waste anybody else's time. And he was actually mad that I wasted his time. And I said, wait a minute, you called me. This dude's texting me now, telling me he's working his ass off at us. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you called me and wasted my time, but you're pissed off because I didn't bounce. Pissed you. that I waste your time. And those guys yeah. will make like they'll make like 180 to 200 phone calls a day. Like they that's they have to hit those numbers, otherwise you don't have a job anymore. I'm like, how do you call, I mean, how do you do that all day long? I feel sorry for him because I'm, you got to be like the rock bottom to where you, the only job left for you is to solicit phone calls to people who really don't want to talk to you. There's one worse than that. And those are the people that bring subpoenas to your doorstep. You know about that? I do. Yeah. I've met, I've met a fine gentleman a few weeks ago. (laughs) Nice. That's a different podcast, I think. Yeah, that that's that'll be. I'll, I can talk. I can talk about it after Monday. Well, we can go. <laughs> into okay. Oh, I'm not done yet. We got some more cool stuff coming. Oh up. no, I want to hear more. So, um, if you're not fishing for trout in your neck of the woods, what are you fishing for? Muskies and smallmouth. Mollies. Okay. Like. So I might be coming out with some uh, musky hooks. Might as in yes, or might as in maybe uh, yes. As in they've been through manufacturing review, and I get approve. I approve them um, to make molds. Awesome. So, so I've got three different uh, predator size hooks. Um, one is is going to be sized similarly to. The TMC 600 SP. So nice. it's, a, it's a short shank. Um, there is it going to be as heavy as that hook wire size? Yeah, these are going to be these are these are big hooks. That's a stout hook. Yeah, this is going to be a stout hook. So um, the shape is a little bit different. The shape is really based on the same the shape of that 860 and the way that I've got that curve and that. Mm-hmm. To it, um, and then um, so. So whether you want to say that I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know that I'm targeting that hook, but you know, unlike like with the 718 when I did that one, I was very specifically targeting the 200R and the Daiichi 1260 type hook because um, I was going after that particular market. This one, I kind of left. I, I've had so many predator um, hook fly tires contact me over the years. I had this whole list of people. And I did a little bit of a 
uh, not an audit, wrong word. Um, Q&A. Q&A of, of, you know, what's your top five predator hooks that you use? And then I chose three of them. Um, and there was two of them are, are you know, A-Rex is a great hook and A-Rex is doing some great things in predator style. And I don't remember their model numbers off the top of my head, but um, so so um, I got one based off that 600 and in, 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 um, from Tiemco. And then there's a longer shank round bend predator hook that A-Rex has um, that I'm styled similarly to, but measurements won't add up exact. But I, I did come um base their my my wire sizes off of what the industry has accepted for wire size for these types of hooks so um so i've taken that 860 shape and created a short really stout hook um, a lot of people i mean it, these will be great for saltwater or for predator you know they're black nickel plated they're not stainless steel but you know black nickel plating is second to stainless steel in salt uh, water, yeah. Um, you, you will need to rinse them just like with a stainless because eventually, you know, bad things will happen to any hook, especially if you nick the plating. But they'll be salt resistant. And then um, the other one is based kind of on the 811, where it's got a little bit of that B10S kind of shape to it, um, but in predator size. So awesome! Um, I'm pretty excited. These will be in one ot to um, I think five. I can't remember. One of them might go to a. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, another another sip of that whiskey will, will jog your memory. Well, I can freaking look it up, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> we're coming up with some predator styles hooks. So I'm excited about that because we've come um, we've come far enough that we can. And when I say we, everybody, I'm really talking me, but it sounds better when I say we. It sounds like we're a bigger company than we are. A conglomerate. Yeah, we're a giant. A conglomerate of Newfoundland dogs. As I say, it's you and the Newfies. Me, my kids, a couple a couple part-timers from the college, and the dogs. And that's basically what it is. So in any case, we um we we've we've the company has come far enough that we can start to play in some smaller market areas mm -hmm. and be a little bit more, you know, these might, these would be considered a little bit more of a specialty hook from the, um, where I've, I've kept the hook market so far before. Um, but it's, it's nice to be able to branch out and just see what's there. So, you know, uh, I am making an investment because I got to buy molds for all these. I have some minimum purchases for manufacturing, so there's an investment there. Um, but we we're, we have been accepted in industry enough, and we've grown enough that we can make these investments to see how we play. I mean, if these three hooks take off crazy, there's three more predator style hooks that I've got. In, in the in the drawing board, if you will, that have not gone to manufacturing review that we can then release and have right. a bigger share in that market. Um, so it's exciting to be able to do that. Um, really well, uh, along with that, uh, another product that people can buy today is your shanks. We haven't talked about your shanks yet. And I appreciate you saying that because along with these predators is a predator shank to go with that. 
Mm-hmm. And so, but now I got to answer your sizes first. So we've got model 801, which is going to be the TMC 600 SP ish. That'll go from a one to a five up. That's a big hook. The five odd is one. That's your musky guys. Yeah, that's one and three quarters um, millimeter water. I mean, that's a that's a heavy ass hook. Sorry, can I cuss on your podcast? Absolutely, you bet. Cuss away. It's a heavy ass hook, uh, and it's and it, but it's short. It's only forty three millimeters long. And then eight oh two. Are you going to ask me where these numbers came from? Yes. So the AO2 is um, a longer, it's, it's similar in size. Wire size is not quite as stout, but it's still heavy, but not quite there. But it's another 20 millimeters longer at the at the 5 watt size. And then the 803 is um, 1 watt to 5 watt. It doesn't include a size 1. And it's more, it's got that a little bit, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a few degrees off parallel. I've raised the spear up a few degrees off parallel for just a different type of fly, and it's it's a really long hook. So, well, um, you know, you won't get fifty of these in a package. You know, what? Just, no, you won't. Not unless you want to pay a lot of money. We don't want to do that. So there'll be less per package. However, you know, A Rex and and these guys they package in. Um, 8, 10, 12, 15, or something like that, depending on the size they have. Um, we'll probably be consistent on the number of hooks per package, and we'll, we will include more hooks per package than our competitor at a uh, fair market price. And I think, I think the fly tires realize that, you know, you're getting a lot of steel, you know, for the dollar. Right. So, so it's going to be exciting. So, uh, 801, two and three, that's Romans eight verses one through three. Nice. So that's where that comes from. So those are the new hooks. Um, you know, I, I, I had swore at the beginning of the year, we came out with so many new ones. We came out with five models and the shanks that we'll talk about here in a second. Um, that I just wasn't going to do anything new this year. Um, that just went out the window. Um, so there's also another product out there that I'm not sure, so I'm not going to mention it yet, um, if it'll be this fall. So forgive me, but we'll just have to do another one of these again when I'm sure. Hey, we can make that happen. So the shanks. The shanks. I, I like them because I have a, a fly that I tie that I call a broke neck, and it's a shank up front with a, a hook in the back. I use your 811. And uh, yeah, when you came out with shanks, that really got me excited because I didn't have to buy um, one of your competitor shanks anymore. There's only one competitor that makes shanks. I know. Okay. <laughs> so, so when I did the 860, the 860 paired with the 811 makes a pretty cool dual combo hook. But the 860, I I was attempting to to make a a streamer hook. Um, that was very specifically uh, articulated, uh, more, more apt to articulation than the 811 and the 839. The 839 is really a bugger hook. The 811, some people use an articulation, but I was trying to play in that market a little bit. So it's a wider gap. It's based on the 811. I just laid that beak down, and I shortened the shank just ever so slightly on that. 
and I wanted to come out with an articulated shank. But you know, um, I, I don't mind saying them. Everybody knows Flyman makes the shanks, and Martin owns that company, and he's done a fine job making that company. And I hope that I can be as big as him one day. He's done a great job. But I didn't want to just copy him. A lot of people have already just copied that the way that they've done those shanks. I want to do something a little different. If I'm going to come up with a competitive product, I want it to have some innovation attached to it. And I pondered how to do that. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if you could actually do field replacement of materials in your articulated fly? How would that work? How could you make that work? Well, you've got to make the shank um, behave like a hook from a um, from the bend standpoint, if you will, so that you don't have bend out issues. That's got to behave in that same fashion. Um, that has more to do with shape uh, than it does with materials or anything. So, um, and how could I make that shank such that you could potentially have field replaceable materials? So I came up with an idea that is very much like a bobby pin or a cotter pin, if you will. And where it has, it's probably very much more cotter pin-ish. And, and I think most people would know what a cotter pin is. You see those a lot when they're holding uh, uh, a steel rod against mm -hmm. something, where it's a pin that goes through that's got a couple humps and you snap it in place. You don't have to have any kind of nut or anything like that that secures thing. It just holds things in place because of the way it's shaped. Um, so I came, the shank that we came out with, we kept um, very close, but not exactly to length that are offered in current shank products, but um, we made very deliberately, we rounded the eye. I don't know if you can see that or not. I can see yeah, that. It's, fo it's focusing up. Yeah. So yeah, these, these humps here and here make tying in um, much better than the competitors' shanks. Well, the, 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 what I did with that particular shank, the, the eye is very, the eye where your fingers are holding it, the eye as in where the eye of the hook would be is very round. Yep. Yep. Very specifically did round instead of the current available TJ, tear shot, tear drop shape. And the back end where the articulation point would be is also round, but it's much bigger. Okay, and that shape in itself helps um, to, to prevent any kind of bend down. Now these are made out of stainless steel. It's the same stainless that you're going to get a hook made out of. And this, this, this is how I would tie my pattern is like that. Now, and then this. Have you ever tied one and fished it without tying down the humps? I have not. <laughs> Give that a whirl because I will. Because you can. the 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 way that we manufacture that stainless is the same way, and it goes through a same tempering process that a hook does. That is made out of stainless. So let's, let's try this. I feel, I feel like the predator guys would go nuts with that because it can allow you to, you know, tie in your or pop in your different tails no. on yeah. some of those bigger musky flies. Now so you I are, can't. I'm pulling open. hard. I'm you're pulling open. hard. 
I got it open, but I was pulling as hard as I could. Yeah, and there's zero chance of you pulling against a fish. Right. That same type. Of, right. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I had I had a pliers that I'm pulling on it with. Yeah. So you, so and 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 you know, all, all people tell me, well, I can open up your hook and my vice if I take it, push it back hard with my thumb. Well, yeah, yeah of course you can. But that yeah, does do that with any hook. There's zero simulation to a, a, a fishing experience like that. So um, you can fish this without tying down a pump. So if you picture a cotter pin, you know, I know folks are, aren't watching what I'm watching in Zoom watching with Matt doing this, is that there's two little cotter pin humps back at the articulation end, and you can tie those down. You can even snip off at the first hump if you want to tie materials back further and tie it down and not lose the integrity there. Um, one thing that, that there's a lot of folks that do articulation that don't put a hook in the rear mm-hmm. that have a hook in the front and they just have tail material in the rear this is a beautiful way if you don't tie those humps down that if you're fishing and a particular color is not working for you you can swap out in the field that tail for, you know, if, if, you're, if your water is dirty or clear, if your sun's out or it's not, and you need a different color uh, in your fly, you can do that on the fly in the yep. field. You can also um, uh, do that with a hook in the back, um, and, and it, it works the same way. Um, and you make these in, um, I know I have four sizes. Is that how many you make? Yeah, there's four sizes. And, and you know, we go for, I think it's three quarter, one, one and a half, and two. two. Yeah, and then you also have some without that hump, right? Yeah, well, then those are straight. They're shanks. like a straight shank for like your steelhead guys and stuff. Yeah, and that 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 I did to go along with the seven fourteen, which came out um, in in the spring, which is the trailer um, stinger hook, stinger type hook, and it truly is the eight eleven hook cut off in the middle. Mm-hmm. There's nothing different about that size for size. It's the exact same same hook in the back. So we did do some straight shanks on that. And we have the ends polished so that it's, um, you know, you don't have any rough edges at the back of that that might cut your wire or, or your, your line if you're, you're putting it as a trailer hook back there. So with this Predator stuff that's going to come out, we did one that is is a much heavier um, Predator style. And it's only, we took out one of the humps. So I was hearing from some Predator guys, some guys that were tying a lot of the Bob Popovich is, you know, the beast fly that has that just tremendous amount of articulation in there. Some folks are using these. They they're they're giving me the telling me that they're cutting out that first hump every single time when they're using it in a predator style fly. So we're just going to to remove that. Um, we I prove I very likely will not advertise this particular predator shank as field replaceable material unless it's tail only simply because you're dealing with um much different physics when you've got a four foot um musky fighting on the end of this thing than something else it'll be easy to 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 uh um uh, do a field replaceable tail on that where you have wrapped this shank down to the top of your your lead hook like many folks do with current shanks 
Um, but we'll probably recommend if you're going to put a hook in the back that you tie it down like you do normally. Yeah. Um, and I think it'll work well. So, and it's sized very specifically on a wire size. So each of the, um, the predator hooks that we have now uh, will work on the back of that and have full freedom and movement. And we see, I know, a lot more movement articulation sideways and up and down because of the shape that we put on the back of that articulate of the shank is not a teardrop. It's a full circle. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot more play and movement in the way that we've put that together. So I think we've offered a, a, um, a, a neat alternative for folks who are looking for something different in the way that articulation might work. And uh, we, we filed um, uh, patents on all these things to protect them for ourselves. So it's pretty cool. Good. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a good ad. So, and those, you know, um, I wanted to have those those hooks out for fall, but they're not going to make it. They'll be they'll be after the first of the year. That so gives those tires time to get stuff ready for next year. Yeah, and well, my my hope was to have them for this fall for big streamer season, but and if COVID hadn't happened and taken yeah. my position away. I'd have had them in the manufacturing review back in, in March and we would have had them this fall. It's just, you know, a brand new hook takes six months for the, the first time I get them, it takes six months from when I say go to. And for as shitty as 2020 has been, 2021 is going to be magical. And everybody's going to want to be tying big giant musky flies. That's right. Because COVID made the muskies grow bigger. Yes. It did. Yep. It made a lot of stuff grow bigger. Yeah, it did. So awesome. What else? So, that's good. How are we looking on time, Grant? I know we're uh we're sitting out about an hour. Um good. You know, we you know, Joe, I don't know if you have any other news or anything you want to share, but um also don't want to keep you too late. I understand uh you gotta work in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, I don't um I've kind of spilled my guts on new stuff. You guys would be the first one that broadcast any of that new stuff. There's been folks I've shared with it, but it certainly hasn't been in public knowledge. Um, um, yeah, and uh, I've got some hook ideas that sometime when we haven't had copious amounts of whiskey, we'll talk about. Because it'll probably make a lot more sense and we'll both remember it better. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> if you want to hear them. Uh, well, you know, uh, I would love to hear them because, you know, there's, there's a couple of my models that have come out of conversations. One of them may even come out of a whiskey conversation with somebody. Probably. Probably. It does help generate some good ideas to it a does. point. <laughs> yeah. To a point. Clears out the cobwebs. It does. You know, next time we do one of these, I need to get some headphones because I don't. I'm you not do, you guys. I'm just on a speaker here, and you know, I I, do- s- I stole Aiden's uh, Xbox headphones, so that's how cool I am. I took my kids' gaming headphones. I see that now. You have a microphone there. I do it right here. Grant's looking like he could be doing the news. Yeah, I've got the. He, he, I've he got all the, the news. Yeah, I've got all the podcast stuff in my house, so <laughs> I just set up the set up the mic and everything here. It's all collecting dust though. The pictures of you guys doing a podcast in somebody's kitchen. 
That's his kitchen. Yeah, it's usually my Mostly. my kitchen. We've done a few at Matt's house, but who, yeah, we do it. Who, who runs the camera when you do that? Um, Carf has run the camera a few times. Does he? Um, yeah. He did a yeah. cool film with those guys from um, Bob Mitchell's. Yeah. That was a fun film to watch. Yeah, the Pandemonium. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they had a good time making that one. I think I think they're working on. I think him and Aaron were out messing around with some amphibious creatures on a trout stream not too long ago. I think they're working on coming out with something fun to watch again. But yeah, Carf's a lot of fun. He's he's been super helpful for us, helping with videos and photos and stuff like that. So it's always fun to have him around. Yep. That's awesome. So for all your, your podcast folks that aren't in the camera, see, that's new. Ah, Ooh. Oh. oh, boy. Not the box. What was in it? Oh, we didn't see that. Hold it up again. I'm going to have to pause and rewind. Oh, there's a glare. <laughs> oh, way to go, Grant. Man. Yeah, but I, I got, I made sure the glare stayed. Well, before before we wrap up, I got to ask, what have you been smoking this summer? What's been on the smoker? Oh, I thought he was telling me I was full of shit, and he wanted to know what I've been smoking. No, no, not <laughs> not that type for the that, that, uh, the meat. That's the a meat given. Products. Yeah, Joe, we know that. Well, I I bought a new smoker. You did. What was it? The Matt K. What is it? Oh, I can't remember. I had been smoking in a uh, up here in a pit barrel. And a drum smoker. And I've eaten off that. It's pretty good. Yep. Wait till you eat off the new one. I bought the Master Bell um, 1050. It's a gravity feed, kind of like a Traeger, but it's charcoal. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm okay with that. So it's the gravity feed charcoal, which is what I used to put in the in in the drum smoker, and you can add new wood chips to it. Are you a, are you a Kingsford or? I'm a Kingsford guy. Yeah, that a boy. I'm a Kingsford guy, and you know, um, I don't, I don't put, I don't really. I have some mesquite that we got off Deb's uncle's ranch the last time we were down in Texas, and I'll every once in a while we'll throw some mesquite wood in something, but generally I just, I, I love the salt and pepper. But so we've done in this thing, we've done uh, brisket, we've done pork ribs. Uh, this week, and I'm doing some beef ribs in it. Um, today, we just used it to grill some burgers. So but, nice! It gets hot, huh? It'll get hot. I can, I can, I can. It's got a, a, a electronic temperature control. So uh, I smoked that brisket for 13 hours. Mm-hmm. 225 in this thing, and it just kept that temperature steady the whole way. Nice. Or I can um, I can get it up to 700 for a, a sear on a big old fat ribeye or something. Or pizzas. You can do pizzas at 700. <laughs> you can do. It, it's got a lot of space inside this thing, so I can do a lot of cool stuff. So that's nice. Been smoking chickens, turkey. It's got a rotisserie in it, so I'm gonna smoke Ooh. a big ass turkey and just have it roll inside this. That sounds delicious. Man, that's going to be fun. So cool. Excellent. We'll have to check those out. Next time we're in Bozeman, we expect a meal. Well, you've skipped out on the last two summers, so. Well, this year wasn't our fault. Last year we bought the house, so. No, no. Well, you, oh, yeah. you came. Was that last fall? 
It was last fall. Yeah, yeah. 2019 yeah. fall. It was not. Yeah, what it? Well, yeah, it was because we're in 2020. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So depending on what our, our school decides for education this fall, the Evers clan might be out Bozeman way if they don't shut everything down here the end of September, first part of October. So uh, I'll take some beef ribs. Okay, we can do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a quick wrap up, wrap up on the recording, but then we can chat a little bit more once I shut this off. But I just right. want to uh, thank Joe from Firehole Outdoors. Uh, Thanks, Joe. Us for take two of this episode. Hopefully take two. Hopefully. Uh, turns Knock out on wood. The tech guy didn't do a great job last time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, appreciate, you, you know, you filling us in. Hopefully everybody... Uh, Check out Joe's website. We'll post links uh, for yep. all the Fire Hall Outdoors. All the fun stuff we talked about. Um, find him on Instagram, Facebook, buy his hooks. Go to your local fly shop, buy hooks. Go to his website, buy hooks. Beads, hooks, beads, collars, systems, everything. All of it. And hats. You can build your own hat, right? Yep. Still build I, your I own got hat one off the right website. Here. You know, yeah, Matt's got one. A fun little program to do. I'm really glad you did. Um, so check all that out, um, and let us know if you have any questions, but thanks again. Um, it's been a long summer, but we're coming back and, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks again. Yeah. Bye, See ya. Thanks, Joe.